Couldn't get away. <laughs> so I showed Neil a video of a zook today. A zook or a Zeus? Zook. Why am I getting documents from Google? That's how Neil sends stuff. Not from Google. No. No, it wasn't me this time. There. No, 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 no. I. It's got to be spam mail because every time he does that, Neil, you have to keep on cutting Shia in there. Wait, what? What? Every time Lancer goes, no, 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 no. Oh, Shut up. I only did that once. Twice. Because it was funny. No, I only did it to him once. I. The first time I was actually just playing the clip. And the second time. <laughs> What episode was that on? Because I don't remember that. Uh, I don't think it's one that aired yet. So. Oh, it, it just it just came up. Oh, okay, yeah, it's Green Lantern one. We were <laughs> see the joke is that we were we just got done talking about Shia LaBeouf, and then not, not like ten seconds later, you go no 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 no, and I couldn't huh. help but put a sound clip in there. That's fine. I don't care. Well, that's fine. And see, that's the that's I, I didn't even think about us pre-recording these because you had mentioned it, Neil, about. Not even you guys basically we glossed over the fact that uh, Wonder Woman was your all's fiftieth episode or something or other, and we com we've completely glossed over to the point that we're already into twenty twelve at this point. Um, yeah, I did go back and rewrite those posts and say, hey, this is the last Tooncast Beyond of twenty eleven, and then for the next one, I did say, hey, this is the first Tooncast Beyond for twenty twelve. Happy New Year, whatever else. But eh. oh well. Oh, could you hang out for like ten seconds? Yeah. Okay. I'm looking for like a stinger to use, and I can't think of anything. I'm just you're looking just for what? Like, like you know the goofy saying in the beginning. I I'm like completely lost tonight. I don't know what to do. Goofy saying for what, dude? You know when he I says the TV's Mr. Neil. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I was like, you could, you could, you could do a Max Headroom thing, or uh, hmm. See, I'm stuck in Muppet mode. I can't do another Muppet one. Oh, have you have you finished that episode? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. We we no, recorded no, no, no. it. No, no, no. No, I know you're. I'm asking. Have you finished editing it? Oh God, no. You you do have the uh, good, bad, horrible, terrible, right? Good, bad, horrible, terrible. Stat yeah, the, the critics. The, the oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Have. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I don't think that fits in there. No. Oh, I have a spot for it. It fits in it, it. That I use that at the end of every jump the shark because that's where it fits. It, it's at the end of the show is where it fits. Well, you'll just have to wait until the yeah. episode. It better not be at the end, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I, I thought I said like right at that point. I'm like I don't put here. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! I, I I sing my heart out. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before web comics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Just go ahead. I'll, I'll wing it. Okay. All right. So you can go whenever you're ready, uh, Ben. Yes. Whatever your name is. Yes, I'm the captain of this tugboat. 
Not on Geekcast Radio Network, you ain't. Okay. Hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados crossing over with Tooncast Beyond. We are once again continuing our look through the DC animated original movies. Uh, I am your host, Ben, and we're joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> and we have with us from Tooncast Beyond, TFG1, Mike Blanchard. All right, please, <sighs> Ben. <laughs> Wait, did, I, did they say Blanchard? Oh. Or? Broken record, Ben. Oh. <laughs> wow. I thought I said Blanchard. Anyway. Okay. Anyways, uh, we are talking about the All-Star Superman. I just want to get this out of the way right now because I know this is going to be a very comic-heavy uh, reference episode for, for for Ben. I have never read the All-Star Superman comic, so just looking at this movie on a purely animation-based, I did not like the style. Uh, James Denton did a better Clark Kent than Superman. I'm sorry, the you know Mike from Desperate Housewives does not need to be Superman. Um <laughs> Anthony LaPaglia as Luther was awesome. I loved him voicing Luther. What the fuck was Parasite doing in this movie? That was so fucking stupid to me. Uh, Christina Hendrickson or Christina Hendricks or whatever the hell her name is. She was was good as Lois Lane. Out of all the Loises that we've had in the DC Universe movies, I liked her the best at this point. The only way that I would like anyone better is if maybe in a future one they actually get Dana Delaney back to voice Lois. For me, this movie was just meh. I didn't really care for it at all. Well, I, I think that I think that part of the problem is you didn't really grow up with Superman because well, this... I grew up with Superman in the movies and on the, the well. Let me let me continue. The Fleischer me... cartoons and and all that. So Super well, Friends. Well, let me continue. It's uh, th- this book was written by uh, Grant Morrison, and uh, the art was by uh, Frank Quietly, and they did an awesome job translating Frank's artwork into animation. But to me, the idea, I the idea of what I why I like this is because Morrison is one of these people that, like, on a spiritual level, gets Superman. He's um, from the street. <laughs> well, he grew up on the street, but. Uh, <laughs> But but see, Morrison identifies uh, Superman because most people say that Superman is the act, Clark Kent is the person. But the way that Morrison sees it is uh, Superman is an act, Clark Kent in Metropolis is an act, but there's actually two Clark Kents. One's the disguise, the mask for Superman. The other is a confident, strong, good-hearted Clark Kent who was raised by Ma and Pa Kent and knows how to drive a tractor. That's the most real Clark Kent of them all. And but who wants to bone Kristen Crook? Sorry, <laughs> had to throw that in there. And uh, and I think James Denton's uh, voice really lends to that version of how how Morrison sees Clark Kent, because that that to me just that screams what how the writers saw Superman, and this translated beautifully in in this movie. Yeah, this this is a movie that's a love letter a love letter to the silver age. It has these high concepts. The silver age has, but at the same time, it has this seriousness. It's, it's the question that asked you at the beginning is what would Superman do if he had one year left to live? Yeah. And that, that to me just because everybody always hears that question. What would you do if you had one year left to live? 
Right. I mean, you know, you, you hear people say, oh, I'll go skydiving, you know, you know, and, and all this other stuff. But what would Superman do if he had one year left to live? And that to me is what I really enjoyed about this because, because you see him just doing things for other people. I mean, you know, he, he gave like Lois Lane the ultimate date ever, you know, and by, by God, Lois, this is the sexiest Lois of them all oh, yeah. in animation. Out of the movies, yes. I'm sorry, Danny Delaney, hands down. Out of the actual the, the actual animation design, I'm sorry. I like Danny Delaney's Lois, but this this is this is kicking it up a notch. Yeah, bam. If, if this was Danny Delaney voicing this Lois, I I don't think I could have finished the movie. <laughs> TKO, TKO, yes. Yeah. But the only thing I want to bring up before you get too far too much further, and this is really really something that surprised me because I had to go back and look at the script because I. I just finished watching this movie probably half an hour before we started recording this. I did not know. This is the first one out of all these movies that is rated PG instead of PG-13. Uh, there was just as much violence. I mean, there wasn't a bucket of blood, but there was just as much violence in this than there wasn't any of the other ones. Well, to me, I think part of it is this one is just, it's a, it's such a, it's a, such a gentler story because it, it's like, it's like, Making you fall in love with the concept of Superman all over again. That, that that's what this movie is to me. This this is the greatest Superman story of all time because because with to me with Superman, Superman isn't about punching out an intergalactic uh, alien god or or fighting some roughed up alien clone or something. No, Superman is is a much gentler ideal, and that's that's what I love about this. It's 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 so gentle. It's so it's it's so beautiful. It's it it makes you stop and believe again. It. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm gushing, but uh, no, that's you know, fine. I, you 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 have more than a right to gush if this is a movie that you absolutely love, and that's more than fine. I I will just say, and I will probably bring this up in future episodes. Why are we breaking the moon? <laughs> that was one thing out of this that I was like, what? Really? And as you said, James Denton's voice does lend to being Clark Kent. However, in the suit, his voice does not match Superman to me. Well, like I said, it's the idea of who is the real man. Is Superman the real man? No. Is is the is the bumbling Clark Kent? No. It, it's it's the it's the farm boy. That's that's who Grant Morrison saw as the real Superman Clark Kent. It's the farm boy. It, it's the good natured, honest farm boy and like i said i just i just love every bit of this it's you know solaris the 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 living sun uh, oh my goodness the just just the way that it cuts into these little stories like like you know you had samson and the uh, atlas show up that was great and uh, i hated that part <laughs> that, that 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 was that was, that was the dumbest thing I have ever seen. Fighting, <laughs> fighting over the woman to win her or having challenges that, oh my god. But did you, you see what be... Lois was wearing? Oh no, I saw what she was wearing. <laughs> and, 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 and that's all well and good. And I loved Baba it. Boom. But, no, I, I loved it, but I could care less about Samson and Atlas. I yeah. didn't like but... them at all. But but Neil, it's a uh, it's just sort of me and Mike going back and forth on this. What are your thoughts on this movie as a whole, as a Superman story? I really liked it. Um, I'm going to be somewhere in the middle because I'm not 
I'm not gonna really gush over it, but um, I suppose some of the some of the hiccups for me was just that because I'm not familiar with the comic that it comes from, uh, a lot of the subplots kind of seem like non sequiturs. Like uh, Mike brought up the parasite earlier, it's just like, what's he doing in this? <laughs> and I realize that it's part of the Luther storyline, but it, it's still kind of it feels for for a comic it would be normal because it would be like an entire issue. For a movie, it kind of feels like it's tacked on. It's, it's in a movie, it's like five minutes. I agree, but yeah. but overall, it's I, I think the spirit of the story did so much more good than the little minor hiccups of the adaptation. My real hiccup with Parasite is mostly with the design and look of the character because I'm so used to him look, you know, being Rudy from Superman the Animated Series and Justice League. That was fairly. That was a fairly new design. Let's be honest, because before then he looked like a slug man. Okay, well, see, I, now that's something I did not know. But that was the one thing I, when I first saw this movie when it first came out. I got I originally got it from uh, Redbox when it first came out, and I was like, "That's not Parasite. What the hell?" Because I was so used to the other design. Um, what else about this, Neil? Where do you fall on this one? Um, another. Well, another story arc that I in the movie that I found kind of bizarre was the the two Kryptonians that show up. I think in the second half of the movie somewhere. Yeah, that. And that I know was... they were, I know they were referenced early in the movie. I caught that, but it was like, okay, this doesn't go anywhere. That, yeah, that was really that was really in the actual miniseries itself. That was more of a one shot story that really didn't go anywhere either. Yeah. The thing to remember is this is a love letter to the Silver Age, and the Silver Age had. Stories like this all the time where all of a sudden, ooh, another Kryptonian survivor shows up. Well, what are we going to do with them now? It's a, in fact, I remember an, a, there was actually a, a Kryptonian in the Silver Age comics named Kill Or. Uh, yes, I know. And, uh, Superman actually tricks him into killing himself. God. So, yeah, it's, like I said, you have to understand the age this harkens back to while well, at the same time, it's a delicate balance. It's a very delicate balance between between being a love letter to the Silver Age and appealing to the modern sensibilities. And it's hit or miss for some people, but to me, this is a definite hit. I I don't know. This is something that I was excited about. I think one of the things I was excited about it, and it's a very sad reason why I was excited to see this, is because sadly this is the last thing Dwayne McDuffie ever worked on before he passed away. Um, and simply because it was Dwayne McDuffie working on it, I thought it was going to be absolutely awesome like everything else he has done uh, with with animation. And maybe because I don't have the comic background, that's where it kind of lost me because I just... I honestly would rather watch Doomsday than this. And Doomsday is fucking horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, but I, I just could not get into this movie. The only thing I, that, at the end of the day, the only thing that really drew me into this movie was Anthony LaPaglia's performance of Lex Luthor. That was really the only thing that drew me into this film. I just don't understand how how you could just see such a perfectly crafted Superman story and would rather see... The, some sort of travesty where you have, you know, child acting Superman puking up blood. I I, I don't understand. <laughs> like I said, I think it's I think it's the context. If you're not, 
connected to the comics, it's kind of a hit or miss thing. This is the only movie so far that they have done that you really need to have a comic book connection and have had to have read the comic series to really absolutely love this. Because well, to me, to me, to me, the reason I love this is sort of like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm doing this to you, Neil, but sort of like the reason, you know, Neil has a connection to the Jim Henson era of the Muppets. It's like, it's like all of a sudden, it's like it brings it back again, you know. And that's that's perfectly fine. But what I'm, I'm mainly speaking, not not even as an as as an, as a cartoon lover, or animation lover, I'm strictly speaking as a mainstream audience, as someone who would, you know. Oh, hey, it's a new Superman cartoon movie. Let's let's go watch it. Let's, you know, sit the kids down or whatever. Not that I would ever let kids watch this movie, but simply because of what's because of the ratings of these movies. Um, even though this one was rated PG, this is something more for comic book fans. Someone who has read the All-Star Superman run and it's not for the mainstream audience. I get that. I I would even say that you you don't even have to be you could be a casual comic fan and never have read All Star and still love this. I, I think that not me. <laughs> well, you you don't even read comics, so what does that matter to you? <laughs> but 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 even as a mainstream moviegoer, the first time I watched this, the very first time when it first came out, I was like, okay, that was a Superman movie. Hmm. I wasn't like, oh yeah, that was awesome. I I wasn't like at the end of. Uh, crisis on two earths i wasn't like oh my god that was freaking awesome i didn't have that reaction i was like hmm okay well that was slightly interesting but not really well to me it part of it part of why i love this so much is just the animation the animation in this was some of the best that they've done so far i will agree to that yes it was yeah I really and, and also like i said it to, to me to me it's a one-two punch of a great superman story with people who you know, not only, you know, can write a good Superman story, but can write a good Superman. That That's that's so important to me where you have, like I said, Grant Morrison gets Superman on a level that so few people do. It's, you know, Superman, it's not about it's not about these bloody fist fights. It's about something else. It's it's, it's about something much more pure. It's the you know, how what what's Superman's final act in this movie? He fixes the sun. It, it's it's not this it's not this slug out fight with Lex Luthor. In fact, one of the most beautiful moments in the story for me is the implication that the natural course of the universe is good. That once somebody with that much power just stops and realizes, which was was what happened with Luthor. It, it's this epiphany that it, it's so beautiful. It's it's so wonderful, and and I really just. Love this story to death. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about the voice cast in this. Uh, you got James Denton as Clark Kent Superman. You've got Christina Hendricks as Lois Lane. You've got Anthony LaPaglia as Lex Luthor. Why is Granny Goodness Perry White? That, again, that that's another thing. I like. Why is Ed Asner Perry White in this movie? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Because he looks like him. A little well, as far as the animation model, yeah, compared to the actor, yes. Uh, so Ed Asner has been both Perry White and Jay Jonah Jameson. Jay Jonah. Yeah. Um, they had they had that crossover comic before already, Neil. Yeah. Mm. You've got. Uh, you sound just like me. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You got Kevin Michael Richardson as Steve Lombard. You've got uh, John DiMaggio as Samson, and Steve Bloom as Atlas. 
Now, this is one that's really weird to me. As much as I like the guy, uh, as much as I loved his Ronan Angel, why is Alexis Denisoff in this as Dr. Quant- or Dr. Quintum? I just... I didn't even know that until... I mean, I knew it in the back of my mind when I first watched it, but I had to actually look it up because it doesn't sound like... It doesn't sound like I of other stuff that I've seen Alexis Denisoff in. I don't know. It was just weird to me having him voice that character. Um... Finola Hughes, Finola Hughes as Lilo L, Robin Atkin Downs as Solaris, uh, and a bunch of other really great people as well. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I think if they, I know with this Luthor they were going for more the mad scientist rather than evil businessman, and that's fine. I I, I like that change because obviously it needed a change for this film. I just think. If you put Dana Delaney in Lois's shoes and you put, whether it's either George or Tim, in George, George Newburner or, or Tim Daly in, in the Superman shoes, I would have liked this movie better. Um, to, to me, I disagree because, because like I said, the, Tim Daly is a great Superman. But for this story, they, they had to go back and dig to the core to where, like I said, they wanted, they really wanted, the farm boy. They wanted. They wanted that Clark Kent to be Superman. Okay, then like, bring it. Th- th- then bring in Tom Welling to voice him. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> and like like I said earlier, you know, you put Dana Delaney Delaney with this Lois. I I think it would. I think the raw sexiness of that would just like shatter the universe. Yes. Well, <laughs> it would have been too much. Tom Welling, are are you fucking kidding me? We we don't want a fucking emo Superman wearing all black and. God damn it. <laughs> I think I just broke Ben's brain. I love it. He didn't break my brain. I've no other I know other people that said that he should be the live, next live action Superman too and I'm like, "No." I think he should at least get a shot at 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 uh at, at something else, whether it be animation or 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 something. But anyway, um I don't know. The voice cast in this is great for what the movie is, but Still, outside of Luthor, none of the other voices really captured my attention. I don't know. Neil? Um, you know what? I saw this like a month ago, and so the voices really aren't that fresh for me. Uh, yeah, I do remember liking Lex, because he was really, really sinister in this movie. Oh, yeah. And we, yeah, we didn't even touch upon the, uh, the, the serum part of the story where. Oh. Yeah, we, yeah, we can touch on that if you want to. I, that was yeah. We, we shouldn't we shouldn't totally spoil it, but uh, right. But the, the whole the whole part where you put you put Lois Lane in the uh, in the super sexy Superwoman costume was a was a story arc where uh, Superman made a super serum for her that would last for twenty four hours. And uh, God, I love that part of the movie. But then later, uh, Lex Luthor somehow gets gets this formula. I don't exactly remember how, and I shouldn't really spoil it anyway. But well, I'll that's... go ahead and spoil it. I, I, I don't care. The movie's <laughs> been out long enough. Robot Seven betrayed Superman. Lex broke in and oh, reprogrammed Robot right. Seven. Yeah, and then there was that whole thing where uh, Lois uh, breathed in that gas from that room, and <laughs> yeah, it 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 made her kind of uh, paranoid, but it also played with the audience a little because you really did think Superman was up to something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was awesome. <laughs> um... I just don't get this movie. <laughs> I just don't get it. 
Well, you know what? That I, I'm sorry that you don't, because to me, this really is one of the greatest Superman stories I've ever seen told. Yeah. All right, so Neil, well, let's get into the box office um, because this one made uh, so far. It's one of the lower ones, actually. It made only four million two hundred sixty-seven thousand. Wow! It sold two hundred fifty-two thousand units. Um, so yeah, this one didn't do all that well. It and that's good. a shame. It it did good, but it didn't do all that well compared to the other ones because most of the other ones are either five, six, seven, or eight million. You know, one thing I've been wondering: are these box office numbers are they relative to when they were released? Because you know. Doomsday has been out the longest, so it's had the longest period of time to sell. You think that might factor into it at all? Um, I'm not sure. Again, it's Wikipedia. Take Wikipedia with a grain of salt. Well, um, I do know from when I, because I, I actually have the Wikipedia page, Wikipedia page pulled up here. When I originally pulled up the the numbers to put in in each of the scripts for the spotlight, I've since gone back and looked at the Wikipedia, and Doomsday had actually gone up since yeah. we. Were, since I originally did that, so but every time that we're doing these now, I go back to this, and I I would assume it's correct, um, considering that Year One and Emerald Knights had just come out, and Year One has only made a million at this point. Um, so the IGN replacement crew, Neil, what do you give it? Zero to four. Even though I kind of nitpicked at it, it is. I still think it's a really good movie, and. It is something that I think I would own, so I'll I'll give it a four. I give it a three. It's you know if it was on Netflix, and I know you can get it through Netflix DVD or you know a DVD rental, whether you rent it on iTunes or or whatever. It's worth renting. It's worth watching. It's not so awful that it doesn't deserve to be watched. It is a very good story. As I said before, I still think someone coming into it from a mainstream who knows even even me who I've watched Superman stuff over the last, you know, 28, 29 years of my, you know, th- almost 32 years of life. It just didn't capture me. And I'm not sure if it's going to capture a mainstream audience. Um, it's as Ben has said, it is a letter to, it's a love letter to the comic. And Ben, well, let me guess four, right? I give it two fours. You, you buy it for yourself and you buy it for someone, you know, okay. <laughs> Um, it is on DVD, uh, DVD and Blu-ray includes two bonus episodes from Superman, the animated series selected by Bruce Tim and a preview of the next DC universe, original movie, Green Lantern, Emerald Knights. So I think we're going to take a break. You're going to hear some ads and we'll come back to close the show after this. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. You can now hear the Geekcast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear Geekcast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter Geekcast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand. No syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. 
Don't forget to enter promo code KeyCast Radio when you register. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind. That's right. It's Joe News, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. Hey. It's What's On Joe Mind. Every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No! 2012 marks the 30th anniversary for Masters of the Universe. We here at the GCRN are celebrating with a brand new series of podcasts. The Powers of Grayskull series will cover every episode of every MOTU cartoon. Yes, even that crappy new adventure stuff. Join Optimus Solo and TFC1 Mike as they tell tales of Eternia, discover the myths of Etheria, become masters in space, and finally masters of Grayskull. You can find the Pogs podcasts in iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Good journey! Well, Emerald Knights was a pile, wasn't it? I knew that line was going to really get, get you to react. Holy shit! <laughs> It should have been Tom Welling, damn it. <laughs> you don't really think he should be Superman, do you? I think he deserves a, an animated shot at voicing the character. Not this movie, obviously, but I do think in any future Superman animation, he does deserve at least a shot for one movie. Like a short? No, a shot. Not a well, shot. He deserves a shot. Let me get my 45. Oh, <laughs> stop it. God, I can I, I can imagine if you did a Smallville podcast, what that what that would sound like. Oh my God, I would not do a Smallville podcast because I hate every episode. There would be only one episode. It'd be like, fuck this show. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> it, it'd be like it would be like a Spill dot com's review of Vampire Suck. <laughs> oh wow, I don't know if you've seen that before, have you, Mike? No, I try not to watch that kind of crap. The closest thing I come to vampire shows is Angel. And that's it. No, Spill.com did, is is a review show, and they were and they it's an animated review show. Oh, Isn't okay. it really really quick? It's hilarious. Oh, I don't. I'm... Oh, here it is. Here it is. It's it's the forty four second review. All right. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. You have. Was it you guys that linked me? No, it wasn't you guys. It was somebody else. Somebody linked me to um, Twilight Breaking Dawn for Guys. Who's that? Snooki, Wow, DJ Polly D. No, not the douchebags from New Jersey Shore. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's their best review ever. Right to the point. That's all that really needs to be said. What happened was their fans kept on telling them, you have to review this movie, you have to review this movie. So this was to their fans. 
Um, what do you guys got coming up? Okay, uh, this weekend we're doing the one-year anniversary. Oh. Yeah. Do we get response uh, from our guests? No. <laughs> Neil? Thought they would. You know, I had a lot on my plate last week, and I, I, yeah, I put off, like, contacting guys until, like, Sunday, and... Plus, it is the holidays, it's getting yeah. close, so, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see if we can get them, because that, that, yeah. that was the plan, to, to do a one-year anniversary. Well, we could always, we can try to get Tim Silvers, maybe. I didn't contact him. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, and, is a, uh, he is a big fan of ours. Well, he does comment on the show. Yes. Yeah, he, he, yes, he, uh... He, he does. He does like us more than those other shows. Yes. Right. He's what was that story, he's, anyways? He's been a fan of ours a lot longer than you've even been around. Yeah. You've only been around for a year. We've been around. Well, what, what's this? Eight. What's the story, Mike, that you were going to tell me about that? About why you got so hot in the collar for that joke? Wait, what joke? Oh yeah, what? he says he likes us more than you, and then you got really hot in the collar. He says, "Oh, I'll explain later." Fuck if I know, dude. I don't remember now. But you're damaged, so you should remember your damage. No, I don't. Alright. We are back on Tooncast Beyond and Animation Aficionados. Neil, final thoughts. Sum it up really quickly. Uh, best Lois ever. Fun movie. Not the greatest, by in my opinion, but pretty darn good. And that's all I got. Yeah, uh, Lois and Lex are the only uh, good things for me in this. What about you, Ben? Best Superman story ever. Best Lois ever. I I think this is the perfect stock stocking set for everyone on your Christmas list. That's my thought. Thank you for joining us here on Tooncast Beyond the Animation Aficionados. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com and animationaficionados.com. You can comment on each of our episode posts. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The show name there is Tooncast Beyond. Mine is TFG and Mike. Neil, what is your Twitter? Neil Sama. Ben, what's the AA Twitter? A Aficionados. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast or radio network and facebook.com slash animation aficionados. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tooncast Beyond and Animation Aficionados and wish you'll join us next time when we will be continuing the DC Universe animated movie spotlight with Green Lantern Emerald Knights. For now, I am TFG1 Mike with Chibis Mr. Neil and Ben. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye. Good night.
Are you sure you don't want to speak at the memorial service? Thousands of people are there, paying their respects. He's not dead. He's up there fixing the sun. And when he's done, he'll be back. And I'll be here waiting for him. So people are calling this the year of the RPG because apparently they're importing Dragon. Wait, I thought it was, it was called Dragon. Okay, Dragon Quest Twelve. Apparently they're going to import that. Twelve? Yeah. I don't think they're up that high. No, they got the. Okay, ten. Pardon me. No, they take their time. They're not like Final Fantasy where they pump them out. They take their time and make good ones instead of just saying, "Oh, here's another one. Here's another one." They seem to pump out one Dragon Quest for every three Final Fantasies these days. See, this guy is drawing is drawing a uh, on a live stream with with nudity, but he's he's okay. But uh, actually, no nudity here. It looks like zombies. But I know this guy draws nudity all the time. And but Asaka gets banned for drawing a, a girl in a in a bathing suit. I'm rather surprised because you know even YouTube. Okay, YouTube doesn't really allow doesn't allow nudity at they all. Just, they just don't look too hard. Yeah, they don't look too hard. They. Their main concern is, like, copyright infringement, and even at that, they're just kind of, okay, if nobody complains, we'll look the other way. Yeah, after all, they do let they do let most of uh, most of uh, that guy with the glasses on there. Yeah. This guy's pretty good, though. What do you think? Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't even clicked on it yet. Anime Plus. He's a good artist. I watch him. Is he using a tablet to color this or a mouse? Um... Well, when it's done buffering, I'll be able to tell. The way you can usually tell is if is if the brush head is like uh, changing dimension, but on the fly, then he's definitely using a tablet. Ah. Uh. Because it's pressure sensitive. If it's a mouse, you know, a mouse can't do that. Unless it's some funky mouse that I've never seen. Microsoft's new mouse can do that. Oh, okay. Then just ignore the totally arbitrary rule that I just made. It's a hundred dollars, and not many people will buy it. Yeah. So most likely, it's a tablet. I don't know. It's uh. I... Are you watching? Yeah, I'm watching. Because I can't imagine him doing this with a mouse, just because I've colored with a mouse before, and as soon as I got a tablet, I'm like, I'm never coloring with a mouse again. I at least had the at least had the the presence of mind to kind of mask the fact that I was using a mouse. There you go. What do you, what do you think of this guy's art now? Pretty good. I think he's pretty. I think he's damn good. 
If he's not pro level now, he pretty much is close to it. Mm-hmm. Look at the I, hands. I've seen pros that can't draw like this. So I'd call the Jeff pro. Matsuda doesn't count. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, by definition, uh, Jeff Matsuda is more or less a professional just because he is hired. Yeah, but this guy can draw fingertips. Yeah. His only... Okay, his many weakness. Fingertips is the biggest one. Yeah, I hate I hate people who draw hands like that. It, that's not just Jeff Matsuda, is it? Because I, I, I could swear other people are like aping that now. It's mainly Jeff Matsuda. Jeff Matsuda started it. Because I, I think I first noticed it in Jackie Chan Adventures. And Jeff Matsuda drew the art for that. Yeah, and I can sort of tolerate the first season of that show. The first season was the best anime of that show. Yeah, and then I saw the first episode of the second season, and it was like, it was like, okay, we're no longer after the talisman, we're after something else. And I'm like, okay, fuck this. The Demon Gates. Yeah, and I was like, fuck this show. This show is dead to me. <laughs> The first season was actually funny. Second season was shit. The third season was shittier shit. Because you know what they kept on doing? Mm. After a while, they, they they stopped amping on Jackie and started yeah. amping on Jade. Uh. You, you, know, you know it's like a series where the Scrappy actually... No one told the writers that the Scrappy is hated. Yeah. And they just keep on going with it. Because with Scooby-Doo, the writers eventually figured out... oh. Everyone hates Scrappy. But it actually got worse. It got worse before it got better because, you know, nobody told them that Scrappy was hated, so they made another Scrappy. Yeah, but when they found out Scrappy was hated for the live-action movie, that was a big apology to the fans. Which I which I accept. I accept their apology. We're sorry for 15 years of torture. Oh, Tim Tim listened to the, to the GeekCast version first. Yeah, I kind of figured he would, but... We'll probably listen to ours. But you know what? I've, I've been noticing that Mike was, like the last few shows, that Mike wasn't giving us as much material, so they're they're more or less identical anyway, except for like, the pre-show. Yeah. So, oh, I, I, I liked how you kept Mike's whole, uh, damn it, set, set record, don't, you know, set note, uh, re-record, you know, cut out 515. You left that in there. Oh, yeah, I, I always leave those in. <laughs> Has Mike ever talked to you about that? Say no, because he he actually understands about that. He's 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 cool about that. Like the one time one time that he got up to answer the door, I left the recorder going, and I left that in the episode. <laughs> but it, I I had the courtesy to cut that in such a way that you could not follow the conversation in the background, so you could just hear us talking and whatever was going on with, on Mike's end was just gibberish. <laughs> well, it, it's gibberish anyways. Yeah, but I figured you know. He doesn't need people to know what goes on in his building, so. But still, it was fucking funny. It's like, oh, god damn it. He's like tripping over things. <laughs> oh, god. Let's take a look here. So, which episode do you want to go do first with the uh, defending these pieces of shit? I suppose we can go with the Batman. The crap man? Call it the right name. <laughs> You're not going to keep doing that through the episode. We'll never get through it. I'm just saying, call it the right name. I know, but, you know, he's going to, that guy's going to keep saying the Batman. You're gonna the gonna crap man. It, it, no, it, it's disrespectful for Batman. <laughs> I mean, I respect Batman too much to say that that show is named after him. Don't you, don't you respect Batman, Neil? 
Where are you going to doing this is respecting Batman? But the same, Batman's not a real person. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> having fun with you. I know, I know, but <laughs> you really don't want me to do that, do you? Maybe once or twice, but if you if you keep doing that through the episode, then you know it's just going to get very heated and not very constructive. Crap, man. Besides, I, I think it should be called by the production name, just just so that we can highlight the fact of how disrespectful it is. Uh, the, look, at this, look at this, they had the audacity to put Batman's name in this title. The show that vaguely resembles Batman. Yeah. How about if I just call it that? Okay. Do, do you know anything about the crap man, Neil? Not really. Okay, I, okay, I, let I, me tell you what the first season was like. The first season was basically, you, you know the whole let's make let's make it hip thing that was happening around that time? Yeah. That, was, that happened to Batman. Yeah. Because there was no bat signal in the first two seasons. You know what he had? What? He had an iPod called the Batwave, and every time the police called, God damn it. It, it flashed the bat signal on the Batwave. Does it hurt? <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not like they can trick. Not like they can trace that. Oh wait, they can. Let's I, see what what cell phone tower is that bouncing off of? Hmm. I wonder if he's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> see, I, I see. The thing is, this I knew that if I started. Started with the first season. See, you need to really understand how shitty this show is because, because your whole thing is like, okay, you just you just know from looking at stills, okay, the art's different and kind of angular and bad, but yeah, the writing can't be that bad. And I tell you about the Batwave, but you're like, oh goddamn it, there's no excuse for that. <laughs> it gets worse. It really does get worse. This show is is a pile of shit. That way. You didn't know. I did not know about that. <laughs> See, what happened was every season the show was a failure, so they changed everything about the show except for the art design and the voice actors. See, the first season was there is no Jim Gordon. There's there's a there's a female detective who was pretty much a ripoff of uh, Elisa Maza, except she's Asian. Exact same design too, with the with with the red jacket too, and you know that uh, that Greg Weissman was working on the show then because of that, and there's a black cop who is best friends with uh, Bruce Wayne, mm. and they play basketball together at the end of each episode, talking about oh gee, you know it's this, this is so fun we're we're best friends, but you know what if if I ever see Batman and I have a chance to I'll capture him, you know that, and it's like hint hint hint. <laughs> And they play basketball and they talk street. Yeah, because there aren't enough black characters in animation to do that. Well, the thing is this. If they went to school together, Bruce Wayne and a black cop went to school together, that would be a pretty prestigious school, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. That black cop should be all Carlton Banks. <laughs> Come on. Right, right down to the totally nerdy... Dance? Geek. Yeah, the dance. <laughs> it's the Not Carlton unusual dance. to be... Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Carlton Banks, the best black character in the history of television. I know! That's what I always say. Because he, br he breaks all the conventions. Yeah, it's, uh, there's so much more. Okay, uh, you know about the Joker, right? Oh yeah, the dreadlocks. No, it's worse than that. He moves around like a monkey. Oh god. He actually has prehensile feet. Oh god. And Please tell me he doesn't have a monkey that's named Harley. 
No, they actually did a Harley Quinn episode like in the last season, and they actually hired Paul Dini to write it. Because, and that's what uh, Tom Ravor calls the surrender notice. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good way of putting it, but uh, let's see here. Um, okay. Uh, okay, there's the black cop. Uh, you know all that wonderful character work that uh, they did with uh, Mr. Freeze in the animated series where they made him a tragic character mm-hmm. with, with dimension and depth? Gone. God damn it. He's a jewel thief again, and that's all he is, just a jewel thief. One second, let me find you a picture of his design. You know, my nephew, that's like his favorite episode of the original Batman series. He likes the Mr. Freeze episode. The best episode, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, well, you know, there's a whole movie based on this episode that was made much later. (laughs) It's called Sub-Zero, you should watch it. (laughs) There's a panty shot. (laughs) You know, I didn't bring that up. Three... Two. Oh, wait, I don't have the... Okay. Three, two, one... What the fuck? <laughs> Isn't... That's that's like... Oh, are you going to do a spada? It's, it's, like the gonna... guy, it's like the guy from Killer Instinct. Are you going to do a spada? No. <laughs> it's like... You almost, you were stuttering. <laughs> you were stuttering. I was trying to I was trying to think of that crappy game. <laughs> It's like, what, what was that shitty game that you really I just, I actually, do I have the recorded? Do I have the recorded? Yes! Yeah, you should hang on to this recording, because. <laughs> Wait until you see what they did with Bane. You know, every design I'm going to show you, you're just going to say, what the fuck. What? <laughs> is he from the Wind Waker? What? <laughs> what is that? It's Bane. Why? Because they suck. And remember, someone wants to defend this show. Okay, let me tell you about the story about what happens to Batman's black friend. And I don't know how to make that sentence more offensive. Actually, I do, but I won't do that. Anyways. No, please don't do that. (laughs) Okay. Um, So the Joker gets his hands on some sort of gas. That this gas makes anything pliable. And... In this episode, beginning of the episode, the Joker uses this gas on his shoes to make himself super bouncy like Flubber to bounce away from Batman. Yes, you heard that right. And uh, he decides to capture Batman's black detective friend and torture him and actually expose him to this gas. And that makes his black friend go crazy and then turn into Clayface. (sighs) Somehow I knew that it was going there. Doesn't help, does it? So they turned... So they kind of took the uh, the Harvey Dent thing and made a clay face. Yes. You know, I can I can appreciate them wanting to do something new, but that's just kind of dumb. <laughs> Not very bold or imaginative, too, either, is it? No. See, and we already had we already had a black Two-Face, you know, in the 1989... Uh, oh, and gosh, he was Lando yeah. Calrissian to boot! He would have been great as Two-Face, and for some reason, you know, he he signed the contract for that movie uh, on on the uh, on the deal that if they ever made a sequel that had that had Two-Face, he was going to be Two-Face, and they had to buy him out. That was so, stupid for Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, love Tommy well, Tommy Lee Jones, but no. So Lando Calrissian got a got a big paycheck to not appear in that movie. <laughs> 
You know what? They did him a favor. Yeah, they did. And they paid him for it, too. But yeah, it's like I said, we already saw a black Two Face, and that was much better. Yeah, I know he was barely in that movie, but he was good in the three minutes he was in there. Well, he's always good. You know what? I would have actually liked to seen you know you know uh, Lando Calrissian as Two Face because he was a little Two Face in Empire. <laughs> See, if he was in that movie any longer, I think I would have been buying malt liquor after the movie. <laughs> Well, let me tell you about the episode where Bane shows up. See, when Bane first showed up in the in the episode, I thought they were actually going to do something really cool because when he first showed up, he actually looked kind of cool because he didn't look all big and stupid. Actually, when he first showed up, he had a really interesting design, which made me think, oh, maybe they're going to do something different with Bane here instead of making like a big muscle-bound freak. And uh, his original design, when he first showed up, he looked like this. And yes, the art sucks, but I was like, hey, he doesn't look all big and burly and like Luchador. Maybe they're going to do something different and interesting with Bane. And then all of a sudden he got big and I'm like, fuck that noise. <laughs> you see what I mean, Neil? Yeah. He's like, wait a minute, maybe they're exercising their creativity or something. And oh, wait, he got big. Some flat fingers, though. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's uh, Jeff Matsuda. He sucks. Oh, let me tell you about Man Bat. Oh, God. Yeah. Man Bat, his whole thing is he's not a tortured scientist trying to come up with a medical cure for something or something noble like that. No, he wants to be Man Bat because he wants to be the opposite of Batman. God damn it. And people want to defend this show, Neil. Say it. Damn it. <laughs> That's the part I love, though. He He's Man Bat because he wants to be the opposite of Batman. You gotta, you gotta almost love that them being daring enough to like look at the years and toils and and hard work that bruce tim and paul dini and Dwayne mcduffie went through to make deep character stories and and a beloved animation style that has influenced creators and writers and the industry itself for 10 years and say we're gonna do the exact opposite for the fuck of it you know what I mean, Neil? Yeah. It, it's like it's like they someone put on the calendar opposite day and they took it literally. <laughs> okay, there, there's something else that I'm forgetting. I need to remember about the crap man. Let's see here. Okay, I told you about Bane. I told you about... Oh, God. This is going to hurt you, Neil. You know how I always say this face, his face is fucking concave? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one... What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, there's literally, like, a, a, a half circle that is his cheek. <laughs> and it's concave. Not just concave. Fucking concave. Why does he think that looks good? Why? Well, let me tell you about the Riddler episode I saw. Oh, no. You remember a little movie back in the late 90s? Pretty good action movie. Bruce Willis, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, you know, um, Simon Says... Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard with a Vengeance. That was the exact plot. Oh, God. Which, yeah, I know it's Riddler. You solve puzzles and all that, but you could do it without, you know, ripping off Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, and he's dressed like Marilyn Manson. Uh, Three, two, one. That is Marilyn Manson. God damn it. (laughs) 
You know, this train wreck isn't over until I show you the penguin. Oh, I'm afraid of it. And he squawks when he talks. Not even like... I. It's probably not even as like classic as Burgess Meredith. It, it's it's not like Burgess Meredith. It's not like it's not like it, you know what this makes Danny DeVito's look classy. But you know this is like the first time in, for this cartoon that there's a character that I can like actually recognize. <laughs> it actually does sort of look like the Penguin. Um, in the first episode he was in, he had he uh, he uh, Kung Fu fought Batman and was doing like axe kicks and spinning around and shit. Oh. And here is a character that looks like he belongs in Jackie Chan Adventures. Don't they all kind of? This one's going to make you say, oh, shit. What? (laughs) I just love love the tremble in your voice as you're looking at it. Oh, you're going to love what they did to Ventriloquist and Scarface. It's not it's not like a 40s gangster anymore with Scarface. You know what that you know what they did with Scarface? Say hello to my little friend. No. <laughs> Are you looking at the picture? Yes. Isn't that exactly what it is? Mm-hmm. I can't say it right. Can you say it like uh, Al Pacino? No, I can't. Say hello to my little friend. You know what I always say? Hmm. I always say that this series is in continuity with uh, with uh, Teen Titans. They can have it. And that makes me feel better. Because it's like, yeah, the crap is together. And like I said, every season they try to reinvent the show again. They change the theme song. They change the opening. They change they change the writing style. I mean, by season three or four, they finally put in Jim Gordon in a bat signal and got rid of all the old cop characters because they're like, oh, this isn't working. We've got to change it again. <laughs> isn't that kind of sad? Yeah. So what was the biggest what the fuck for you on this whole Venture through the craft man. Bane, maybe. <laughs> That's true. I mean, this this really hurt, didn't it? Yes. Because at first you were thinking, you know what, this show might not have been great, but it can't be as bad as Ben said. And then you start looking at these and you're like, uh, okay, it's kind of bad. Okay, it's getting worse. Okay, why the fuck did they do this? My favorite reaction from you is the Mr. Freeze. He looks like Glacier from, uh, from Killer Instinct. Fight! Yeah, this show was just bad. They also had a... Yeah, in season one, Batman had a robotic armor suit. Mm. They used to fight Bane. Because, you know, there's you know there's no messing around. He, uh... Oh, let me tell you about the one of the shittiest episodes I've ever seen. And, you know, it's hard for me to, to like, na- narrow that down, right? Okay, this one's called RPM, this episode. There's a villain who whose name I forget, but that's not important because he's a shitty villain made just for this cartoon series, so he has no history. Uh, he, he His power is nanotechnology, nanites. Okay, first of all, I hate how the fact whenever anybody does nanites in comics or cartoons, it's like magic. Yeah. Okay, so this guy has nanites, magic nanites, to where he can, like, uh, jack into any car and take it over and make it turn into a rocket car. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so what he does is he disables the Batmobile by shooting a uh, nanite-filled tube that disables vehicles. And so the plot of the whole episode is Batman has to build a new ride. So what happened was, throughout this whole episode, Batman's just building a new ride while he's letting these crimes happen because he doesn't have a car yet. 
And uh, he, he keeps on talking about he's going to use this unpower, unstable power core from something in Wayne Tech to power this new car. And I'm like, well, number one, why are you using a power core to power a car? Number two, why do you keep on trusting it's unstable? Because that's never resolved or handled in the episode itself. It's just at the end of the episode, we assume it's stable somehow. And uh, see, if I was writing a story where Batman was battling a guy that can shut down most modern vehicles with magic technology, you know how I would solve it? How? Batman would either, you know, act like a detective and figure out where the guy sleeps and, like, beat him up while he's sleeping. Mm Mm-hmm. Or he would build a car using, you know, tech from the 40s where it has no electronics in it and just laugh at the guy when he tries to disable it again. <laughs> tries to take over the car, but the best you can do is change the radio station. God damn it. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I would write it. But no, they have – and let me, let me put out how shitty this episode is. Basically, in, in the midway in this episode, this bad guy, he, his car gets disabled somehow in the middle of a junkyard. He jumps into in like an old Studebaker. And apparently in this universe, all cars, even the ones that were built before computers, have two ports in them in the dash. And he has two wires come out of him that plug into these two ports and turn this old Studebaker into a rocket car. Wow. And I have to explain to someone, someone, a guy who has that kind of technology wouldn't be fucking robbing banks. Yeah. <laughs> a guy with that level of technology can make fucking gold out of lead because that's pretty much what you're saying his nanites can do. Yeah, that's, that's, that was even lampooned in the, uh, in the, uh, what's called the, uh, the Mike Myers movie. What? Gold member? Yeah, well, that, that entire series where the bad guys are running Starbucks, and yet they're still, like, trying to conquer the world and steal money. It's like, we're already financially secure. Why are we Why are we breaking the law? Well, it's, it's because the Cobra Twins aren't now. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Couldn't. Nor should I have. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's the thing that gets me is is this whole idea of of a bad guy with what what's what what's magic nanite technology is just robbing banks. Because really, what, what is what is that? It's and I have to explain this to somebody. And they say, "Oh, it's just a comic book." I'm like, "It's just a comic book," but you know, to really get people beyond the whole stigma of it's just a comic book, why there's no more readers, you have to like write a little bit more intelligently. See what what that guy could do is that he could he could start a business where you know he just uses his technology to like hop up hop up other people's cars and then like charge them for it. Or he could use See. his technology to like turn rocks into food. Yeah. And feed hungry nations or. I mean, this guy wouldn't have to rob banks. People would just give him money. That, that's why I mean when this is magic nanite technology because the ability for nanites. The whole idea of nanites is nanites are self-replicating little robots that mm-hmm. can do uh, that together can do complex tasks, but apart are just like little bugs. That's the whole concept of a nanite. A nanite can't go into something's molecular structure and change it into a different molecular structure, which is what this cartoon is saying. Yeah, you're better off saying he's magic. <laughs> Because this offends the science nerd in me. 
And I know, I, mean, I know, it's, oh, you're, 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 it's a cartoon, it's a cartoon based off of a comic, science has, science has a place there, it does. There's a thing called suspension of disbelief, and you can only stretch it so far. Yeah. You can't just say stretch it a little bit further just because, or else you'll just have uh, old farmers uh, shoot uh, Sith Lords in the head and stuff like that, you know? Let's see. So, Teen Titans. Do you really want to go round and round against the guy who wants to defend Teen Titans, Kevin? I suppose we can do that. Okay. One of the Let's see here. So tomorrow we're doing Vidya games. Mm-hmm. Vidya, huh? Oh yeah. Cartoons based on Vidya games. Oh. I'm kind of surprised we got this guy because I just thought it'd be fun to have him, and we could have got him for the video game episode, but then it would be it would have been an episode of Retronauts, and that would have been kind of silly to do. Yeah, and I I think we ought to like narrow the scope to like to like the 80s and maybe like the the early to mid 90s because otherwise we'll be at this all day. Because I, I, we can't talk about Street Fighter the movie the game. Ooh, maybe we can do that. Street Fighter the movie the game the cartoon. Yes, we can do that. So, you know we're gonna have to talk about both Sonic series then. Yeah. Actually, we might have to talk about all three, all four. There are four. Yes. See, I wasn't keeping up with this. Well, I, I thought there were only two at the beginning of the sentence, and then all of a sudden I kept on remembering. Okay, there was Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which was on weekdays, which was the goofy one, which I actually think was the lesser of two evils because it didn't take itself seriously. And they were aping off of Felix the Cat, which I actually kind of appreciate as a yeah. classic animation geek. The second one was what they call Sadam which is what people like Doug Walker masturbate to because it's dark and serious. See, the Felix Cat thing, that, that's, what, that's what Sonic should be. I, I know. That, that. See, the animation was shit, but I actually appreciated that they were actually aping off of Felix the Cat because, yeah. because that's it, 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 almost like inspired. And it's like, if they only had a better animation studio behind this, this would be a classic. And then, like I said, there's the whole there's the whole Saddam thing, which Saddam has better animation and and a serious story. And they put the better animation behind the wrong show. Yeah, and that's the thing. People like it better only because it has a serious story. And I'm like, I'm all for serious storylines, but Sonic doesn't deserve that. This is dead serious. <laughs> you know what I mean, Neil? Yes. Because it it has everybody. You see, the thing is this: it's it, it tries to make too. You know how you know how. Uh, it, who's the name of the guy in the Nintendo who made Mario? Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, Mir- Miyamoto talks about how the Super Mario Brothers movie went wrong because it was too faithful to the games. Yeah. That's where that's where uh, the uh, sad end went wrong because you know how you when you kill a robot in the Sonic game it turns into a little bunny or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, in, in, in Saddam, they made it to where Dr. Robotnik, uh, you know, took over the world and transformed all of Sonic's friends into robots. They're fighting against him. <laughs> so it's just like how, it's just like how, you know, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, took the whole mushrooms and blocks thing too seriously. Yeah. You're horrified when I reveal that to you. <laughs> yes, I, I know. I but... think that's only in the U.S. manual. I don't think that was actually ever the story in, in the Japanese version. And I but, hope it wasn't. But that, that, that's the story, Neil. And, and what do you think of that story for, for Saddam? Oh, God damn it. Does it hurt? I'm just seeing these newly roboticized uh, furry creatures, you know, hopping off of the uh, the operating table and going, no! 
Actually, actually, look up the opening. Type in Sonic Satam in YouTube, and they'll they'll have the opening for you as one of the first ones. Sonic Satam. Intro. Sonic Satam. Only one letter off from Satan. I'm not going to watch it with sound. I'm sorry, because the music is shit. You see, it starts everything nice and lovely and peaceful and all Sonic's friends and... Here we go. Series intro. Introduces characters that are never in the game. It introduces characters that makes you want Big the Cat. Since Sonic, he has an attitude. That right there shows that they don't get Sonic. Is that what the song actually says? Yeah, it does. Fuck you. Okay. See, there was Sonic, Adventures of Sonic, which I think is the superior of the two for the right reasons. There's Sadam, which people love, but but takes itself too fucking seriously. And then there's Sonic Underground. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to have to explain Sonic Underground, am I? I think I remember this. Okay, Sonic has a sister and a brother, and they're royalty. And they have magic jewels that turn into rock instruments, and they use the power of rock to fight Robotnik. I cannot make this shit up. How badly does it hurt? This is shit. What's underground? Yeah, I'm watching the intro. I think that's when last time's Urkel voiced Sonic. I think Urkel actually voiced all the three of the Sonic brothers. Siblings. Fuck you. (laughs) Whatever. That was also the only American cartoon Knuckles showed up in. That was awful. There's worse... Man, I'd almost, I'd almost rather watch the Super Mario Super Show. <laughs> At least that had a Zelda cartoon on, on Friday. You know, and then there's Sonic X, which is actually technically an anime. See, it's an anime, and you have Sonic turn Super Sonic, so you already know what's going to happen. Because we saw this before on the show called Dragon Ball Z. Last time on Dragon Ball Z, the Z Fighters were... Was that pretty close? Yeah, that was pretty close. Tune in next time on Dragon Ball Z. Da 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 da. Actually, just fast forward to uh, to five minutes and you'll get to Super Sonic because this thing drags as fast as as much as anime. Actually, go to six minutes. Pardon me. Do you ever notice that if you watch anime with the sound off, it's just it's amazing how how much you notice that things aren't moving. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's like, oh, no wonder they save so much money on this animation. I have the sound off, too. It's like they have time to do good drawings because they only do one. (laughs) Oh, look, he's even floating with the aura around him. You see that? Yeah. Is he about to go, Ka-Bay? And everyone knows Supersonic was 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 a Super Saiyan riff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that there was never a lawsuit over that. I I think when it first happened, it was just you know Toriyama's like, haha, you got me. Okay, okay, that's fine. Okay, yeah. and then it just kept on getting on and on. But because it was so long before he actually before he could respond before he actually thought of responding, it was too late because it was already grandfathered into the franchise. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it it was buried pretty deep in Sonic Two. I mean, it was, it was pretty it was pretty hard to get all Chaos Emeralds before the end of the game. But you get to Sonic 3, and you can actually get all the Chaos Emeralds before the third level. And by that point, you're playing half the game as Super Sonic. 
You know what? People talk about Dragon Ball Z, the original dub, you know, being a travesty and all this shit. Yeah. And you know what? If it wasn't for them, like, changing all that shit, it would never be popular. Yeah, because that's what got it on TV in the first place. I love what you. I love your point that you made about Kai. Hmm. You remember when you said we said, "Oh, you remember how how the American fans are like, how dare you cut out all this stuff from the Japanese version and make it shorter?" And then Kai does the same thing, and, and the same people are praising it. Oh, you said Kai. I thought you meant the character. Yeah. How basically it's the same as the Ocean Dub, where they just cut a bunch of the filler out and uh, presented presented it in a much more. Uh, truncated fashion yet that's exactly what kai is yeah it's it's not even they reanimated it they just fixed the coloring mistakes yeah like vegeta was a different color for some v- reason vegeta originally had brown hair yeah so when you see the opening with all this brand new really clean animation nope it has the old animation but you know what i actually like the really i like the old first era z animation you know what i mean yeah because it's really really it's got that roughness on it, but it's also kind of clean, too, because early Dragon Ball's animation sucked. Yeah. And by the time they were in the first saga of Z, they, like, hit their peak. By the time they got to the... By the time they got to the... Uh, they got to the uh, Frieza saga, they were starting to suck. You know what I mean? With yeah. The I... over-musculature. Oh, yeah. See, the first Z saga, you know, the Saiyan saga was great. The story was shit, but the, the the animation was great. Yeah. And, yeah, I started to get a little tired of it about three-quarters of the way through the Frieza saga where, uh, you know, Goku was fighting Frieza for God knows how many episodes, and it just wouldn't end. That's why I freaked out when he showed up at the beginning of the Trunk saga. I was like, no, no, he's back. <laughs> then he just get killed. he gets killed off in like ten seconds. <laughs> and you're like you're like somebody got trolled, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, and it just kept getting more ridiculous because it's like these two. You have these. You have like one bad guy, one good guy, and 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 you know they're they're both strong enough to like collapse the sun, and yet they're like they're like fighting in martial arts and throwing energy blasts at each other, and they're so evenly masked. So you got one who's like, I'm stronger than you by the beat of a bumblebee's wing. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of silly. But, you know, those voice actors, you know, they, they work really hard to get that. There. You know? Yeah. And they probably go home and the wife's like, huh, I was work today, honey. Oh, just fine. Because you know what they do? They record all, like, the, the casual dialogue first. And then at the end of the day, they're, they're like, okay, we're going to do some screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna record that until you blow your voice out. Come <laughs> Let me find that. Okay, let, let let's see here. Let me find a list of Shonen Jump series. So Neil, write all these down. The these are gonna be the ones we're gonna. Let me open. That. Okay. Dragon Ball, of course. We're gonna talk about the ones that started the whole thing because you know what, Mazinger Z really isn't in there. You know, even though I love Gonagai. It's it doesn't fit in this whole block, I don't think. Agreed? Sure. Okay. Would Fist of the North Star count? You know, I'm not that familiar with uh, with Shonen Jump, so if you say it's in there, then I'll put it in there. I don't. I've never seen the anime. Oh, I have. I, I mean, I've never seen the anime like as popular. 
Oh. Have you? I you mean, know, it had, even it had to... its moment, but it, it really was not huge. Okay, let's see here. City Hunter, which really wasn't that famous here, except for the Jackie Chan movie, but let's not mention that again. <laughs> um, Saint Seiya ran so far away, no. JoJo's Big Adventure? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, would that count? Or do you think that's not a very popular anime here? I don't think it's a very popular anime here, but they did have the fighting game, so people are kind of laterally familiar with it. Okay. Well, okay. How do you spell Saint Seiya? Saint? S-E-I-Y-A. Okay. Couldn't get away. Yu Yu Hakusho, of course, counts. Oh, yes. Oh, God. You like the girls in that, don't you? Oh, yeah. Botan. <laughs> I love how the dub gave her that British accent. It's terrible, but it, it works for the character, you know? It's 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 cute in how terrible it is. Okay, DNA squared? Oh, God. Does that count? Sure. You just want to talk about the girls in that, don't you? Yeah, I actually had that anime on DVD once, but I, I, I felt so ashamed of myself that I sold it. <laughs> okay, this is one we have to do because this is one of my favorite series. Rurouni Kenshin. Okay, let's see here. We are not doing fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Five the duel. <laughs> We're gonna have to put one piece on the fucking list. One piece. Hunter X Hunter, put that on the list. Okay, I'm I'm counting series that were actually you know in the U.S. So Hikaru no Go doesn't count because you know what that game you know that that the manga and anime are about. Hmm. Playing Go. You know what Go is? What? Chinese checkers. It's where you have you have a, a, a grid board and you have to use uh, black and uh, black dots and white dots and get five in a row. Mm-hmm. You know what Go is. I think so. Okay, we're not talk- talking about Okay, Naruto. Naruto. This is the part where you say, Believe it! Believe it! Okay, let's see here. Should we talk about Bobo-Bobo-Bobo? Sure. Bleach. Ooh, Bos- Buso Rankin. Armored Al- Alchemist. That's one of my favorite series. Armored Alchemist. Yeah, Armored Alchemist. Not Full Metal Alchemist. Armored Alchemist. You've never seen Armored Alchemist, Neil? No. I think you would really like Fairy Tale as an anime. I showed you. I showed you the first episode. They have the whole yeah. first season on Fun- on Funimation's channel. Actually, the characters are great. That's my favorite thing. The characters are so great in this, in in, uh, in fairy tale, you know. Pays to have great characters. It's uh, all the female characters are great. Okay, let's take a look here. We're gonna have to talk about Death Note, Neil. Okay. Okay. I think we're I think we're gonna stop at that because I don't want to. Yeah, this is already at like five. It's already at like fourteen. That's like half. Well, no, it's... We're gonna, we can combine some in this, this one episode. Yeah. But what did you think of the opening of Buso Rankin? It was pretty good. Really? You like it? Yeah. Yeah, that's Nobuharu Watsuki's artwork in that. See, no, Nobuharu Watsuki's biggest series was ruining Kenshin, and it seems like after that, most of his other series barely last two years. Kenshin lasted about five years. Buso Rankin lasted two years, which is a shame. He he did another series called Guns Blaze West that lasted really shortly because no one liked it, which was a shame. 
I think right now he's working on a series that's called Embalming, which is about the like Frankenstein monsters. Oh. Which isn't very good, I'm sorry to say. But you know, so so it is. Okay, I need to go check on my laundry really quick. I'll be back at you know after after these messages. We'll be right back. It's not unusual to see me 